The scripture reading for today is from the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. For all of those who are able and willing, please stand for the reading of the word. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault, just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they do, will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to even listen to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Ken and uh, Annie, thank you so very much for your leadership and their service today. And Annie, I must apologize to you. Your pastor panicked at the wrong time. Loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be pleasing to you. For truly, you are our source of strength. You are our redeemer. You are our rock. It is good to see, now you will not know this, those of you who are um, watching us via Facebook Live or those of you who are in the um, parking lot, you will not see this, but my heart rejoices because on today, our IT team has been expanded. And so we have some new people in place and we're just very thankful to God for their volunteering their services and helping Jonathan, Jordan, out. Jonathan is on the camera. Dale is checking the Facebook, making sure it's okay. And his son, Jacob. Jared. Jared, thank you. Charge it to her head, not her heart. This gospel lesson is a challenging one for us, and I know that there are people who believe that when you come to church, you should only talk about spiritual matters. You should never talk about what's going on in the world. But the great Protestant theologian, Karl Barth, he's been viewed as one of the top 20th century theologians, said, a pastor at all times must have and again, keep in mind the time that he wrote in, a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other hand. And make sure that the Bible helps you to interpret what's going on in the news. The text today reminds us that in this world there is conflict. If I were to ask you to take out a sheet of paper and to list the conflict that you are aware of, I'm sure that your list would include the following. 
Christian nationalism, QAnon, the conspiracy theory cult, Black Lives Matter movement, immigration, sexual orientation. There, there are so many conflicts. And yet, I would suggest to you, conflict is not bad. The question is, how do you handle conflict? What do you do? Now, if you were to listen to several of our pundits, you would think that the response to any conflict is to ignore it. Pretend it doesn't exist. Maybe it will go away. But here's the reality. Conflict serves as an opportunity for us to better understand not only who we are and what we think, it also helps us to understand what the other thinks, and it helps us to understand who they are. And depending on the conflict, depending on the conflict, there may be an opportunity for us to come together and to be informed and to learn from the other in a way that our views may change. Don't be afraid of conflict. Neuroscientists tell us that physical pain causes the brain to react a certain way. They also inform us that social pain, that sense of loss, that, that sense of being removed from others, that sense of a broken relationship also affects the same part of the brain. And what we know about that part of the brain is that it prevents us from, deep, from thinking deeply. Conflict requires us to think and to think deeply. Yes, Carl Barth said, make sure, Pastor, Preacher, Woman, Michelle, Cop, that you have your newspaper in one hand and your Bible in the other hand, and make sure you interpret the newspaper through God's word. Allow me to say this, and then I want to look at the text. This serves as the text for our sermon today. The Church of Jesus Christ needs people who will think critically. The Church of Jesus Christ, and in this case, Evangel Heights United Methodist Church, serves as the manifestation of God's kingdom here on earth. God's kingdom, as you may recall, is where God reigns. God reigns. God rules. And so as followers of Jesus Christ, we have said that God will reign in our hearts. As followers of Jesus Christ, we have said that the rulership of God will take care of, will cover every area of our lives. So, There's no compromise. There's no negotiations here. God rules. God reigns. We will follow God, the God who has been revealed through Jesus the Christ.
And what that means then is when conflict chooses to come into the life of the church, we're not going to ignore it. We're not going to pretend that it does not exist. We're going to address it. Now, let me say this to you. I'm not aware of any conflict right now that's going on in the life of this church. And so what I said to the Lord during my time of preparation is, okay, Lord, so you're just preparing us for whatever the future may bring into our lives. So what does the word of God say about conflict when it comes into the life of the church? I think it's very important to remember that as the body of Christ, the family of God, the physical manifestation of God's kingdom here on earth, love must rule. Love must rule, which means that it's not about my being concerned about proving that I'm right and you're wrong. It does not mean that I'm concerned about making sure that my position is the one that will be lifted up and forget about everyone else's position. It does not mean that I'm to show self-righteousness or arrogance. No, what it means is that love rules, and when I see conflict, I'm to approach it with humility. In the gospel lesson today, in Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 20, we have in God's word a process to follow whenever conflict comes to church. The first thing is that, remember, conflict, although it involves two individuals, it does impact the community of faith. So if there's conflict, the word of God says, you are to go to the individual who has offended you. You're not to talk to your friend or your friend's sister or your, even your brother's wife about someone who has offended you. No, you're to keep it one-on-one. -on -one. You're to go to the individual who has offended you. And let me share something with you. Sometimes people who have offended other people, they're not even aware of the fact they've offended them. True story. I was at a shopping mall many years ago. And this woman walked up to me and she said, um, I remember calling your church and you said A, B, C, D to me and I was offended. I had, been, I had not been the pastor of that church for 10 years. I didn't know I had offended her. I'm glad she told me. Do you know why? Because for 10 years she'd been carrying that burden. And so, and so what I did, what I did, is I had to say to her, I'm sorry if what you heard offended you. And let me just share with you what the end result is when we address conflict and we approach someone one-on-one. -on -one. The end result is reconciliation. It's never about trying to prove again that I'm right and you're wrong. It's about reconciliation. So the word of God says, if someone has offended you, go to them. 
share with them the offense. Now, if they ask for forgiveness, you've reclaimed a relationship with a brother or sister. But if they don't, if they're not open to it, then the word of God says, Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 20, find a leader or someone from the church, one or two people, and return to them. Why? Because when you have the conversation again, you want to make sure that there is someone else who's listening to the two of you. And it goes on to say, if they still refuse to listen, then take it to the church. Now, let me share with you how Pastor Michelle translates that. If there is an issue and the two of you cannot resolve it, and you invite the lay leader, Carol Robinson, to go with you because she is the liaison between the congregation and the pastor, and therefore she is one of you. And if you still do not listen, then now it's time to bring in Patty Spurgeon, the chairperson of the council at this church. Why take the time to go through all of these steps? Because the unity of the body of Jesus Christ is so important, we cannot afford to let there be any conflict that would diminish our witness. As the family of God through Jesus Christ who loves one another and who strives for unity. And then the word of God says, if they still refuse to listen, it's amazing how pride can get in the way, right? It's amazing how I must prove that I'm right at all costs can get in the way of relationships. If they still refuse to listen, then no longer treat them like a brother or sister. Treat them like someone who really doesn't know Jesus Christ. And start from that perspective in rebuilding the relationship. And there are some interpretations that say, excommunicate them from the church. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, that particular passage of scripture whereby Jesus leaves the 99 righteous to go after the one who's lost, I, I'm not gonna excommunicate you. Now, let me share with you why why um, some would say, excommunicate them, put them out. Their physical body may be Satan's, but at least their soul will be saved. That's one interpretation of Paul's um, counsel to the church in 1 Corinthians. If they do not know how to relate to others as a fellow believer of Jesus Christ, then it says the work the church still has work to do. I'm not gonna put you out. I mean, I don't. It's not my church. Evangel Heights United Methodist Church will not put you out. What we will do is recognize that because of your level of spiritual maturity, that we now need to address you a certain way. And this is what's interesting. 
excuse me, because in this particular pericope, chapter 18, verses 15 through 20, there's this, this verse that we all love to recite. Where two or three are gathered in the Lord's name, there he is also. Familiar verse, right? But guess what? It's a part of that pericope that talks about how to address conflict, which says, whenever there is conflict between believers, Jesus Christ is in their midst. Jesus Christ is in their midst to help them to address the conflict. When conflict is addressed appropriately, the unity of the spirit within the body or family of God is maintained. Which then means that our witness in the world is credible. Now, let me share with you that there are various levels of conflict, and we can talk about that. I mean, there are some levels of conflict that will require a more complicated process. But this particular process that I've lifted up is the process that the Church of Jesus Christ is to follow. The world is looking for a model today how are we to handle conflict? Are we to demonize the other? Are we to pretend that the conflict does not exist? Are we to act like we have all of the answers and no one else does? How do we handle conflict today? As I look at that particular passage in closing, let me share with you the one word that just leaps out at me. And for those of you who've had conversations with me, you will remember and others of you will discover this is an operative word in Pastor Michelle's life. When I look at this particular text, it reminds me I am to engage with the other. Engagement, engagement. Which means that we must be vulnerable we may find discomfort, but we must engage with the other to the end. That reconciliation will be acquired. And the spirit of unity within the body of Jesus Christ will be manifested, will be experienced by all. So no, we cannot act like the world. We cannot harbor discontent. We cannot harbor within our lives that that keeps us from being connected with our brothers and sisters. Jesus calls us to go, to engage, and to experience reconciliation. Let us pray. Loving and gracious Lord our God, we give you thanks that you call us to be your living witnesses here on earth through your church. 
witnesses that could model and demonstrate before others how the basic levels of conflict within the church can be addressed. As we prepare to come to your table today, I ask that you will reveal to each and every one of us any offenses that we may have caused another. I pray that you will reveal to us the names of those who may have offended us to the end that before this day is over, we will look to you and ask you to help us to do what you're calling us to do, and that is to engage with them to the end, that reconciliation will be experienced. In the name of Jesus the Christ, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen.